We know the Orioles need to add some pitching. Mike Elias has said it, and Orioles fans have certainly said it. But when you turn to the hitting side, there are a lot of intriguing bats out there available as free agents. The O's have a lot of young talent, but should the O's maybe still go and get a veteran hitter? I'll give you my Orioles free agent hitter wish list coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, November 10th, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are going to finish off this free agency wish list series. Earlier in the week, talked about the Orioles wish list for starting pitching in free agency, did the wish list for relievers in free agency. Now today, maybe their least of their needs there for free agents, but still wanted to look at some hitters. I'm going to run through 10 hitters, 10 through one on my Orioles free agent wish list. That's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So it's my Orioles free agent hitter wish list. And let's preface this with the fact that I get it, right? In terms of the Orioles in free agency this offseason, if you were to rank starting pitching, relief pitching, and hitters, hitters would not just be at the bottom, it would be pretty far down there. The O's have a lot of young talent. Not only the guys in the big leagues who look to take over close to everyday spots next year or retain close to everyday spots. You know, you've got Santander and Hayes and Mullins in the outfield. You've got Kerstad and Kowser potentially ready to rock and roll on opening day. You've got Gunnar Henderson and Ryan Mountcastle and Ryan O'Hearn and Adley Rutschman in your infield. And you've got the others like Jordan Westberg seemingly good to go. And, you know, Ramon Arias, Jorge Mateo is still there and and. Joey Ortiz, Jackson Holiday, Connor Norby knocking on the door as well. So I get it. There are so many options for the Orioles in terms of young hitters. But every single offseason since Mike Elias has been in charge of the O's front office, he has brought in some sort of veteran hitter. He did two of them last offseason. It was Adam Frazier and James McCann. And all signs point to Frazier, who's a free agent right now, most likely not coming back. And McCann, he got for two years. So McCann will at least play out that final year with the Orioles in 2024 as Adley's backup catcher. But even with all the answers the Orioles have in terms of young players, I do actually expect the Orioles to bring in one veteran hitter in free agency. Now, they're not necessarily going to spend a lot of money on that guy, but I do think they're going to bring in someone because Michael Elias has continued to do it. And I think he likes to have some adults in the room, even with all the hitting talent that the Orioles have in terms of their young players. So I've got a wish list here, once again, of 10 players. Going to count them down from 10 to 1. And I will say it, just as I said when I did the starting pitching and the relief pitching version of these episodes earlier this week, I am not counting every single free agent out there. Because, as we know from how John Angelos acts and the things he said as Orioles owner, there are a lot of guys just completely out of the O's price range. And because if the Orioles are going to actually spend money, I don't think they're going to spend actual money. But even if they did, I think we could all agree the O's would spend that actual money on starting pitching this offseason. So if they're going to spend anything on hitters with all the young position player talent, 
it's going to be guys on cheaper deals. And so anybody who was projected to get $50 million or more in free agency by fan graphs, by MLB trade rumors, by any of the outlets, I took out of this conversation. Very similar to how I took out any starting pitcher who was projected to get $100 million or more. I took out any hitter projected to get $50 million or more. So Shohei Otani, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Teoscar Hernandez, Jammer Candelario, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and Jung-Hoo Lee, the best player coming over from the KBO this offseason. All those guys are out because all their projections are $50 million or more total in their contracts. All those players would help the Orioles. But I just don't see John Angelos making that deal. So let's go into the guys who are more part of the Orioles' unfortunate price range this offseason. Number 10 on my list is a guy who the Orioles were actually connected to two off-seasons ago, and I believe a little bit last off-season as well. It is the 36-year-old infielder Donovan Solano, who spent 2023 with the Minnesota Twins. Now, Solano, a pretty versatile player who's played a little bit of outfield in his career and plays a lot of infield. Now, he spent most of his time at first base this season with the Minnesota Twins. They you know, traded away Luis Arise, and then they had some injuries at that first base position. So Donovan Solano ended up playing about 550 innings at first base, despite the fact that he's been more of an infielder in his career. Now played over 100 innings at both third base and second base for the Twins last year. And again, he can you know play the corner outfield in a pinch for you as well. And his defense has taken a step back. You know, he's 36 years old now, but he was still a productive hitter for the Twins last year and was kind of like their unsung hero. Donovan Solano was basically the Twins version of Ryan O'Hearn this season. That's kind of the best way to describe him. 450 plate appearances. He hit 282 with a 369 on base and a 391 slugging. Now, the difference between him and O'Hearn, not nearly as much power. He only hit five homers, but he still had a 116 WRC plus, walked at a solid rate, didn't strike out too much. Overall, seems to be kind of a solid utility infielder. Now, the question is, at age 36 next year, can Solano really keep up the production? And as we've seen, the power's kind of gone, although the batting average was really good. And he's a guy who, in terms of you know, what kind of money he's going to make. I mean, the projections are like, uh, you know, a guy that could get a, a one year, like five, six, seven million, like like an Adam Frazier type deal. So you bring in an Adam Frazier type player for that kind of deal. But I think he could be an upgrade because he hit much better last year and the Orioles have been connected to him. So I've got him number 10 on the list. Number nine, go with the former Yankee, the 32-year-old infielder, Gio Urshela, who will be a free agent this year after having... A very odd season last year. He was traded to the Angels, and they were going to use him as their shortstop for a while, and he played a bit of that. He played in 62 games for the Angels and just wasn't very good. 228 plate appearances. He hit 299, but it was essentially like he was hitting all singles. He had 329 on base, 379 slug. It was good for just a 92 WRC+. All his power went away. Just two home runs in almost 230 plate appearances last year for Urshela, who was a 20-plus home run hitter when he was with the Yankees a few years ago. Didn't walk at all. Didn't strike out much, but didn't walk at all. And then suffered a pelvis fracture in June and missed the rest of the season. Now, the word is he's healthy. He's going to be perfectly ready to go for spring training 2024. And he's still a good defensive player at third base and at shortstop. He can play a little second base. And he's still only 32 years old. Could be an interesting kind of utility guy to bring in if he wants to get maybe a prove-it deal. The projections, and again, these 
projections are coming from John Becker's free agency matrix. Becker, who does roster resource for Fangraphs, puts together this free agent matrix every offseason, which combines all of the projections from every site for guys' contracts and averages them out. That projection for Urshela is two years, $20 million. And some people even think he's only going to get a one-year deal. If it's the one-year deal, maybe the O's would go that way. Number eight is a veteran who kind of not burst onto the scene, but, but definitely was a big name in the postseason this year. That is the 36-year-old right-handed hitting outfielder Tommy Pham, who was traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks at the deadline this year. Despite the fact that he didn't really produce that well down the stretch for Arizona, he was huge for the D-backs in the playoffs. Now, he signed with the Mets last offseason and then was traded to the D-backs at the deadline. But in total this year in 480 plate appearances, hit 256, 328 on base, 446 slugging, a 110 WRC+, plus, had 16 homers, solid walk and strikeout numbers, and the projections right now are for him to get a one-year, $9 million deal. I think that's right up the Orioles' alley. He's a guy who, you know, despite the fact that his defense isn't, like, amazing anymore, he still played almost 700 innings in the outfield this year, which means he's still a, a somewhat trustworthy corner outfielder. He's not a guy who's going to play center field anymore. But he still hits the ball hard, had a 49.1% hard hit rate. That's top 10 percentile in all of Major League Baseball. He had a fantastic postseason helping lead the D-backs to the World Series. He's an interesting guy, right? We know about like the fantasy football slap. You've read the stories about how he, he's kind of intense, but he seems to be a good locker room guy. It seemed like the D-backs liked him. And I think depending on how he would fit in the O's locker room, he could certainly be a fit in Baltimore to kind of have a, a right-handed hitting outfielder out there that's certainly an upgrade from a guy like Ryan McKenna. And speaking of outfielders, number seven on the list, 34-year-old switch-hitting outfielder Robbie Grossman, who has certainly been around the block the last couple of years and was on that Texas Rangers team this year that won the World Series and, of course, swept the Orioles out of the ALDS. Now, Grossman had an interesting year with the Rangers this year, 420 plate appearances in the regular season, hitches 238, but with a 340 on base, 394 slugging, 10 home runs, was about a league average hitter, right, a 102 WRC+. But he walked a lot. 14% walk rate was one of the best in all of baseball. And here's the, the stat that, that's really impressive. Robbie Grossman honestly is very, very similar to Aaron Hicks at this point in his career. And you could argue, now I didn't put Hicks on this list because I didn't want to put anyone who was already on the Orioles, no, you know, re-signings on this list. But Grossman is a very similar profile to Aaron Hicks. Outfielder, switch hitter mid-30s. Hicks probably a better defender at this point, but guy who walks a lot will hit for some power still, but it's not as much as he was younger in his career. Robbie Grossman's 15.7% chase rate this year, meaning he only swung at 15% of the pitches he saw that were out of the strike zone. That was the second lowest chase rate of any hitter in Major League Baseball this year. Only Twins rookie Edward Julian had a lower chase rate than Robbie Grossman. That is honestly phenomenal. Now, he did show this year that he is much better from the right side as a switch hitter. 75 WRC plus from the left side, 158 WRC plus from the right side, and he also was way better in the second half, which was good. He was a big part of that Texas offense down the stretch this season. Kind of lost his role in the postseason because they called up Evan Carter and he ended up being amazing in the outfield, and Grossman kind of turned into a bench bat for most of the playoffs. But he could be a good bench bat for the O's, and if they can't strike a deal with Aaron Hicks, Robbie Grossman could fill that role, and I think it'd be an interesting guy to have in the Orioles' outfield mix, especially as a switch hitter. But we got six more hitters to get to here on the wish list. Coming up next, we'll do numbers six through four. 
talk about a couple of guys who were in the O's division this year and one guy who has been one of my favorite players in baseball for a long time and uh, is a fun, fun hitter to watch. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. Now, we get the questions. You know, what is Jace Medical? Well, Jace Medical essentially is there for you when you need it. Jace Medical is a company that has a product called the Jace Case. This is their number one product, and it is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. And if you want to get someone in your family or friend this gift, you can get them a Jace case or you can get them a gift card so they can get a customizable Jace case of their own. So go to jacemedical.com and enter the code locked on at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That is promo code locked on at jasemedical.com. So I'm handing out my Orioles free agent hitter wish list, knowing that the O's won't be as aggressive trying to add a bat this offseason. But I certainly think Michael Elias and crew will at least bring someone in on a major league deal to help the lineup. Went 10 through 7 on the wish list so far. And now we move on to number 6 on the list. That is 35-year-old utility man Whit Merrifield, who spent the 2023 season with the Toronto Blue Jays. And Merrifield wasn't his greatest offensive year. Now, he played almost every day, right? Had almost 600 plate appearances for the Blue Jays this year. Hit 272, but just a 318 on base and a 382 slugging for Merrifield. Did hit 11 homers, but ended up only with a 93 WRC+, meaning he was 7% worse than a league average hitter. Didn't strike out, but didn't really walk a whole lot either. And the projections have him at a two-year, $17 million deal this offseason. Now, Merrifield's a guy who I don't necessarily want on the Orioles in terms of things he said and done revolving around the COVID vaccine over the last few years. And who knows how that would play in an Orioles clubhouse that uh, has not really let that kind of thing slide in the past, but he can play the outfield. He played over 600 innings in the outfield, mostly in left field this season. And he also played about 600 innings at second base. Now his defense rated out as a little bit below average at both spots, but he's, he's a very versatile player. He's a veteran. He's been an MLB all-star. He's a guy who I could think, could help the lineup, and if they're cool with him in the clubhouse, he's not the highest ceiling guy, but he's kind of a good high-floor veteran utility guy to have on your bench. I think he'd be a, a nice fit, at least in the lineup. Number five on this list, I will tell you, would be at number one if I wasn't so sure that he wasn't signing with the Orioles under any circumstances. But number five on the list is the 36-year-old left-handed hitting outfielder, Michael Brantley. I have been just enamored with Michael Brantley for probably 12 years now at this point. I've always wanted him on the Orioles. He's just a fascinating hitter to watch. Now, Michael Brantley, a guy who, after a really, really good first half in 2022 with the Astros, about 300 plate appearances, had a 127 WRC+. He was great. He tears his labrum, injures his shoulder, gets surgery, misses the rest of the year. Now, the Astros think he's going to be back sometime early in 2023. But he has a setback that never happens. He just keeps missing time. And Brantley did not return until September of this season. Missed almost a year and a half with the labrum injury. And he came back, 57 plate appearances, hit 278. You know, his usual doesn't really walk, doesn't really strike out, puts the ball in play. 
He was on the postseason roster, wasn't in that lineup every single day, but was in there a good amount and had a solid postseason with the Astros. Now he's going to be 36. He did still play 81 innings in the outfield when he came back from the injury at the end of the year. And it seems like he can at least still be a part-time outfielder, certainly not a full-time outfielder. He's a part-time left fielder, part-time DH at this point in his career. And again, just like it was last offseason, Michael Brantley is going to do one of two things this year. He's either going to re-sign with the Astros on a one-year deal, or he's going to retire. I'm pretty sure of it. I don't think he's signing with any other team, but if he even considers it, I just love the way Michael Brantley handles the bat. Would love to see it's kind of a different approach, contact-oriented, just a really professional, good hitter. has been around for a long time. I think he's like, man, he would be a perfect piece in this Orioles lineup. Number four on my hitter wish list is a former Oriole. Could they bring home Justin Turner, who is now 39 years old and is still playing some third base, although moved over and played a good amount of first base this year for the Boston Red Sox. But he played every day for the Red Sox this season after they signed him last offseason, 626 plate appearances, and he was still good, right? Like a 114 WRC plus, 276 average, 345 on base, 455 slugging, walks okay, strikeouts down, one of the, the best players at avoiding swings and misses this year. And and the projection on Turner is a, a one-year, $12 million deal. If the O's can give one year $8 million to Adam Frazier, why wouldn't they give one year $12 million to a much better player and a much better hitter, certainly, in Justin Turner? And now, you know, he played 57 innings at third base this year, 49 at second base, 289 at first base, and then a lot of time at DH for the Red Sox. So he doesn't have the versatility he once had, and he's, he's losing a step at third base, but he can play a little second, which is nice, and he can play some first, although the O's are, are pretty piled in at first. But just the way Justin Turner you know, kind of fixed himself after being non-tendered by the Mets, let go by the Orioles and other teams, and, and latched on with the Dodgers and kind of fixed his career, fixed his swing, he's just been so consistent since then. Like, he still, at 38, hit 23 homers and was a hitter that was 14% better than league average. Like, that would be a really useful hitter to have in the O's lineup. And I think a lot of it could stem on the fact, like, how many other positions he can play. And I will tell you, like, spoiler, I don't have J.D. Martinez on this wish list anywhere, right? I love J.D. Martinez as a hitter. I think he is a special, special hitter. I think he's like a notch down or maybe in line with Nelson Cruz, like how he just keeps getting better as he gets older. And shout out to Nelson Cruz, who did retire last week, Orioles legend. But I don't have J.D. Martinez on here because I know if the Orioles go get somebody, right, as a hitter, they are not getting a full-time DH. J.D. Martinez only played like a handful of innings in the outfield for the Dodgers this year. He was essentially a full-time DH in L.A., and he's been a full-time DH essentially for a couple years now. Only plays like really a handful or less of innings in the outfield every year now. The Orioles aren't going to hamstring themselves when they already have Mount Castle. O'Hearn, and potentially Kerstad all on the opening day roster, and Santander as well, you don't want to bring in just a DH only. So that's why Martinez is not on this list. I love him as a hitter. I just don't think they'd do it. The question with Justin Turner is he, he played much more action in the field, albeit a lot of it first base last year. If the O's still feel he can play some third base and some second base at times, they would consider him. If they just think he's a first base DH at this point, he's not on this list. I'm holding out hope he can still play a little third and second and the O's could look to bring him home. But coming up next, got the top three hitters on this list. Another former divisional foe who has hurt the Orioles in the past, 
a guy who a lot of O's fans have been clamoring for, and then a guy who is a surprise that he's a free agent. And I think maybe the Orioles should jump all over it if they uh, want to upgrade that lineup here this offseason. So back here to finish off the Orioles free agent hitter wish list for myself this offseason. Again, earlier this week, make sure to check out free agent starting pitching wish list, free agent reliever pit wish list. Really good look at like who's out there and, and who the Orioles should be going after to upgrade their pitching. But again, you know, they could certainly add to their lineup as well, even if it's kind of a, a lower money deal. And I'm into my top three on my wish list. And number three is Adam Duvall, who we saw... Hit the walk-off homer against the O's in the Ryan McKenna game back in the opening series at Fenway and had that unbelievable start to the season, right? Those first three weeks, Adam Duvall was the best hitter in baseball. Then he fractures his wrist, has kind of an injury that lasted for a while and missed a good amount of time. Came back later in the year, wasn't as good, but was still somewhat productive. And he ends the year in 92 games, 353 plate appearances, hitting 247 with the Red Sox last year, 303 on base, 531 slugging, still good for a 116 WRC+, still hit 21 homers. Now, he didn't walk a lot, and he struck out 31% of the time, which is concerning, and a lot of those Ks happened after the injury. And he's going to be 35 years old next year. But he can still play all three outfield positions. Not the greatest center fielder, but teams have been putting him in center field over the last couple of years, and he can still play all three positions. And the projections right now, a one-year, $11 million deal for Adam Duvall. Again, that is certainly in the Orioles' price range. If you want a right-handed power hitter who can play all three outfield positions, I just have a feeling if the Orioles sign anyone, it could be a guy like that. You know, you're probably at the point where you're moving on from Ryan McKenna. If you're not going to bring back Aaron Hicks, it seems like a guy like Duvall, who hits the ball hard, who hits for power, who's a veteran, and can still play the outfield, would help in case Mullins struggles some, in case Hayes struggles some. If the Orioles would decide to trade Santander, if Kowser or Kerstad aren't quite 100% ready, I think they could use like a veteran stopgap outfielder to be a security blanket, and Duvall could be that guy. But I also think the top two on my wish list could be that guy as well. And number two, I think is the one hitter I've seen Orioles fans want the most so far this offseason. And, and honestly, the last couple of offseasons as well. That is the 31-year-old left-handed hitting outfielder, Jock Peterson. Now, many know Jock Peterson from you know his days early in his career with the Dodgers, but he's bounced around with the Braves and then was with the Giants last year. And Peterson is now a free agent. Now, in 425 plate appearances with the Giants this season, 235 average, 348 on base, 416 slug, a 111 WRC plus, 15 homers, good walk rate, 13%, strikeout rate not too, too high. It was a solid year. Now, for Peterson, he only played about 200 innings in the outfield. It was mostly in left field for the Giants. Spent a good amount of time as the Giants DH when he was out there, so that's a little concerning, but it shows he can still play the outfield somewhat. But the thing about Jack Peterson is he's still only 31 years old. The projections right now, like, have him getting a, a one- or two-year deal in the, you know, $10, $12 to $15 million per year range. It seems like, at most, he would garner, like, a two-year, $30 million contract. And I think some people think it's going to be more like two years, $25 million. I mean, the Orioles could certainly go do that for Jack Peterson, get a left-handed power hitter in this ballpark who's been around the block, played in the postseason a lot, can still play the outfield. And Jack Peterson last year, despite it was a good offensive year, not a great one for him, He's still at a 52.2% hard hit rate. That was 12th best in baseball. And despite how hard Gunnar Henderson and Ryan O'Hearn hit the ball this year, 
that 52.2% would have led all Orioles in hard hit rate this season. And if you play a little better ballpark for left-handed hitters in Baltimore, maybe those stats go up. I just think, and again, all these guys, you're asking the questions. How do you fit them in the lineup, right? we got so many young hitters. But these veterans are important to have in your lineup, to be stopgaps, to be security blankets if the young guys struggle, to just be producers, even if they're part-time players. A lot of these guys are in that mold. But when my number one guy, who, yeah, would have to DH some, and yeah, isn't the greatest outfielder in the world. But this is potentially the most dangerous power bat out there as a free agent this year that is in the Orioles' price range. And that is the 32-year-old right-handed hitting outfielder, Jorge Soler, who is number one on my list. Surprisingly, had his option, team option, declined by the Marlins this offseason after a great year. Hit 250, almost 600 plate appearances, 341 on base, 512 slugging, hit 36 home runs to help power the Marlins to the playoffs this year. A 126 WRC+, good walk rate, okay strikeout rate, and they declined his option. And the projections, free agency matrix from John Becker, have him at a three-year, $45 million contract that he'll get this offseason. Now, I got him on the list because, again, it's under-projected $50 million. I don't think the Orioles are giving a hitter three years, $45 million. But if they did, I get that Solaire has had some strikeout problems and he's had some down years, but off the year he's coming off of, and he can still somewhat play the outfield. I mean, it was only 241 innings. They were all in left field when he played defensively. Again, he's mostly a DH who can play some outfield, so that hamstrings the Orioles a little bit. But he's number one on my list because he hit 36 homers. What the Orioles' offense needs is a bopper. And it doesn't matter if it's a righty or lefty. I know the righty's power is zapped a little bit in the new ballpark for the Orioles, or the new left field ball. But they need a bopper in the middle of that order. And Santander's been that at times, and Gunnar Henderson could really ascend to that level next year, and Ryan Mountcastle can certainly be that. But an established veteran bopper, I have just thought for years now, that is what this lineup needs. And I think it would be best to have that guy be a left-handed hitter, but probably the best version of that out there is Jock Peterson, not really that version out there in free agency right now. Maybe O'Hearn can do that. Maybe Kerstad can do that. Maybe Henderson can do that, whatever it may be. Solaire is the guy that's there. And again, if this were a prediction list, I wouldn't have Solaire on here. But in terms of realistic wish list, he's still in the realistic price range for the Orioles. And I just think getting a power bat in the middle of that order, and it, it could not work, right? Strikeouts could go up again, home runs could come down, and he wouldn't be as valuable. But just having him out there at only 32 years old, he hits the ball so hard and so far, and he was pretty consistent. One of the best years of his career. And we've seen him do it in the postseason. Remember, he was huge in the Braves' run to win the World Series in 2021 with that team. Wouldn't be a bad idea. And I get it, right? I get it. I know all the comments on this video are going to be, oh, we've got all these young, why would we spend money on a hitter when you got all these young hitters? You can't leave it all to guys in their first and second years in the big leagues. You just can't. you got to bring in some adults to have in that lineup. I think the Orioles missed an adult at the end of the year when that lineup started to get tired, right? And the Orioles offense started to struggle a little bit. They were missing a couple more adults who have been through the grind time and time again and have been to the postseason. Solaire, Peterson, Duvall, all those guys, if you notice, were in the outfield for the Braves in 2021 when they won the World Series. They've done it before. They can all help this Orioles team. That's my top three on the free agent hitter wish list. Would I be surprised if the Orioles didn't sign a hitter at all? I would not. 
But I do think Michael Elias will find someone out there on a big league deal to come in, kind of be an adult in the room, be a utility kind of guy, part-time player, help the team some. Those are 10 options that the Orioles could go after. But that'll do it for today. That'll do it for the week here on the podcast. We are back on Monday. Mailbag opens again for a Mailbag Monday, so get those Orioles off-season questions in. You can email us at LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com. You can tweet your question to the show or DM me at LockedOnOrioles. You can also leave your mailbag questions right here on the YouTube channel in the comments section. Leave a mailbag question. Also, remember to like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked on Orioles YouTube page. But again, we're back Monday with a Mailbag Monday episode. Until then, I am Connor Newcomb. Shout out to Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman for winning Silver Slugger Awards. And this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.